looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne. See, he knew that he would be shamed, but he would be there as a substitute for our shame. You see, one of the things about shame is, who is whispering in your ear? Where does that shame come from? Will you listen to God? Will you listen to your Father? Will you listen your Father in heaven? Will you listen to Jesus Christ? Will you listen to the Holy Spirit using the word of God to tell you that your shame is taken care of? Not to listen to the world? One of the things we know about our screen society is it creates deep levels of dissatisfaction. But despising the shame. See, he didn't care. See, I think in our church and our families, we need to be willing to talk about shame. We need to be willing to talk about that. See, it's, we're, we're so oriented towards talking about guilt, and we must emphasize that our guilt has been taken away by Jesus Christ's suffering on the cross. Our sins are paid for. But our shame is taken away. The shame of sin. Peter wrote, now, you know, here's a guy who Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. He says, you're going to deny me three times. And then he says, do you love me three times? And so Peter writes, for it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, a precious and cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Do you believe that faith in Jesus Christ keeps you from being shamed? <clears throat> that he took your shame just as much as he took your guilt? When you look at family dramas or stories on television, shame is also one of those shadows, one of those themes that seems to be there. How do people get out of their family shame? The cross. <clears throat> Paul writes in Romans 5, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Are you willing to hear that God has poured his spirit into you so you will not be shamed? That when you have the Holy Spirit, because he's poured it, because he's given it, it's not something you earn, it's not something that's apart from Christ. But hope does not put us to shame because of God's love. Do you hear that? Do you hear that God's love can overcome shame? can overcome anything that someone or something might whisper in your ears. You're bad, you're sad, you're not up to standards.
the resurrection. This is the first time he mentions three days. See, the resurrection sometimes is one of the hardest things for people to accept about Jesus Christ. See, in our, in our world, many people don't think that they either can be forgiven or that it matters. But yet saying that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that's just something that modern people but it's not just modern people, because we know from 1 Corinthians 15 that they were questioning it then. Can the dead be raised? But notice what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1 that is so important about the resurrection. And was declared, talking about Jesus, was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection of the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the resurrection proved that he accepted the sacrifice, proved that our guilt was canceled, proved that our shame was done away with. That's what the resurrection does. The death that started back in the garden no longer has a victory, no longer is supreme. One of my favorite stories has a, a theme that comes up every so often that all men die. But you see, our response, yes, all men die, but yet in Christ we can be raised from the dead. That the grave is not the last chapter in our story. You see, for a lot of people, I think, in, in the modern world, they want death to be the last chapter because they want their story to be over. They don't want to have to deal with their life after, after, in an afterlife. But yet Jesus Christ, in his resurrection, after being publicly crucified, was raised, and then publicly, before hundreds of people, before his disciples, he was seen, they touched him, they heard him. Because we have to remember in Paul that I quoted, mentioned earlier from 1 Corinthians 15, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. This is a deal breaker. This was something that in the 19th century was the first part of Orthodox Christianity to be challenged to be pushed into the myth, to be pushed into non-history. You see, that's part of what it means to be a Christian, that we believe in the same history that we live in. Jesus Christ was, was crucified and he was raised, that he lived in real history after his death, that he was raised. The resurrection is true. We're back to Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead.
See, how are we born again? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's because of his mercy. See, Jesus, in talking to his disciples, taking them aside and saying, I'm going to go up and be crucified, you know, and I'm going to be mocked, I'm going to be whipped, I'm going to be crucified, and then in three days I'll be raised. It's because God is merciful. They're going to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. In the back of the minds of the Hebrew people, they would also remember the provision given to Abraham for Isaac, a substitutionary lamb. Here is a father who gave his own son, our father in heaven. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us, this is so much grace, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. One of the things I know as a pastor is that people struggle with their salvation, their conversion, because they're looking for assurance that their sins really are forgiven. There are people who will struggle for a long time Does God really forgive my sins? Because what has happened is that they have encountered a holy God. They have encountered Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden they realize their own sinfulness. Their own need for forgiveness. How many anxious people have guilt at their root? That understanding the forgiveness through Jesus Christ will help them begin to deal with their anxiety. See, this disciples' conversation and the assurance in our conversion and our assurance are rooted in both the words and the works of Jesus Christ. The gospel has always been upstream against the noise, the culture that it's in, wherever it is. I listen to what I hear that the church needs to figure out mental health issues. I remember when we were in college in the late 60s that we as Christians were talking about that. I took psychology classes from a Christian perspective trying to figure out what can we contribute to you know, what we thought was a crisis in the 60s. Now we come to today and the numbers are so much greater and it's more diverse, it's younger. But see, I believe that the gospel is part of the solution. I'm not saying that we have all the answers, but I am saying we have some of the answers. Because I know that people struggle with guilt in their anxiety, their loneliness. Because they create this facade because they don't want people to really know them because they're afraid if they knew them they would be ashamed of them. And all of that goes away with the gospel. And so I would say this morning that the, 
if there's one thing I want you to walk away from today's sermon with about the crucifixion of Christ, about his resurrection. And I believe this is a practical application, is knowing that your sins are forgiven. That when you pray, whether it's that daily prayer or whether that is a prayer here with us as a community, to know that your sins really are forgiven. It's not just a ritual. All of us, as our confession tells us, in thought, word, and deed, each day need to be forgiven. See, we can talk about all kinds of other issues. But I believe unless we come back to this, when Jesus took his disciples aside and says, I am going to go be crucified and in three days I will be resurrected. That that's part of the Christian message, that's part of the Christian community. It's part of what motivates us to tell other people that I'm a forgiven sinner and you can be too. No matter what their age is. So, as we continue our journey with Christ and his disciples, next week we'll be in the upper room. Where again, he's going to use the symbolism of the Passover to get them ready for his death and his resurrection. Let us pray.